compassion and the love is what shifts and changes us. The brain and the mind automatically goes to the trauma when hard things happen for us. And that's where we kind of stay stuck. And it is this idea that if you ask my four nieces and nephew who lost their father at a very young age on a bright blue sky sunny day in September, what they remember most is the love and the connection and, and being cared for. And so there's so many things in life that we have no control over, but the way that we respond to each other. And in every professional job that we have, you have no idea what somebody's day is when you're scooping their ice cream cone or cutting their hair or whatever it is that you're doing for them. And so what if we just all had this mentality of just knowing everybody's got a hard story. There's really great parts of life, but there's really hard parts of life. And I didn't want to go back to that mentality of unawareness after 9-11 because 9-11 was so rich in an experience of feeling connected as a country and as a world. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shop Talk Podcast brought to you by 124Go. I'm your co-host, Chris Suleme. And last week, my great friend, Mr. John Palmieri, and I had the opportunity to be in New York City at the Rojo-inspired event. And the clip that you just heard was from Megan McDowell. Megan's a licensed therapist and visionary who inspires people to live with more purpose and less distraction guiding people to use their own life experiences to bring healing to the world around them. And what Megan was just sharing about was the experience of having her brother-in-law killed in 9-11. And the way she was able to take that energy and turn it around and create an organization called HeartWorks in which she now spends her life helping others to heal from major traumas. Uh, The next woman that you'll also hear in this conversation is Sarah Harvey. And Sarah is a leading instructor in the practice of self-awareness and emotional intelligence, conscious communication, as well as authentic leadership. Sarah is the founder of Intelligence, whereby she trains leaders to access and apply the systems and resources that are innate yet untapped. John and I had the opportunity to listen to these women share their stories live, and we wanted to bring this conversation to you Uh, on the podcast. So what you're catching is a conversation about uh, 25% of the way in when we started recording. And um, you're just going to find it is absolutely mind-blowing around the area of the human experience. So we know that every level of salon person or anybody inside or outside of the industry is going to absolutely benefit from listening to this conversation. We hope you enjoy. and the love is what shifts and changes us. The brain and the mind automatically goes to the trauma when hard things happen for us. Mm -hmm. And that's where we kind of stay stuck. Mm -hmm. And it is this idea that if you ask my four nieces and nephew who lost their father at a very young age on a bright blue sky sunny day Mm -hmm. in September, what they remember most is the love mm-hmm. and the connection and, and being cared for. And so there's so many things in life that we have no control over, but the way that we respond to each other. And in every 
professional job that we have, you have no idea what somebody's day is mm -hmm. when you're scooping their ice cream cone or cutting their hair or whatever it is that you're doing for them. And so what if we just all had this mentality of just knowing everybody's got a hard story. There's really great parts of life, but there's really hard parts of life. And I didn't want to go back to that mentality of unawareness after 9-11 because 9-11 was so rich in an experience of feeling connected as a country and as a world. You know, I, I don't know if this is true for all places, but I think that we don't have an understanding or a knowledge if you weren't in the greater New York area. Mm of that sense of community that, trage that that tragedy built. I mean, you talked about how you had somebody come out and leave a cup of coffee and a, a soda can, you know, fills, filled soda on the porch every day as, I don't know, their way is connecting, saying hi. You said that people would give you a hug, that you would get the look in, in the eye of somebody having direct eye contact. I think that from people, and I'm going to use the word outsiders, mm -hmm. you know, from those outside the geographical area of New York or even, you know, the general borough of Manhattan with it, uh, the tragedy happened, I don't think most people knew what that looked like or mm -hmm. felt like because you weren't, you didn't have that shared experience. Mm -hmm. And yet when you talk about it, it's easy to say, oh, I know what that is like. I may not have been around when it happened in New York, but there have been other times in my life where I've had that sense of community. I want to ask a, a funny question. We like it when it happens. Yeah. We love it when we're in it. Nobody says, oh, now we're too close to our neighbors. This, this is terrible. How do we lose it? How does it disappear over time? Yeah. Because we, because it is something I think we enjoy so much. You think you'd want to hold on to that for as long you, as possible. You would think that we wanted to hold on to that. Um, you know, there's two parts to that. One is my family had a very um, public loss. Mm -hmm. But what I always say to people is don't get caught up too much in my story of 9-11, which mm -hmm. is a pretty powerful story. Mm -hmm. What was your 9-11 mm -hmm. moment? Mm -hmm. And we all know that feeling that you can be arguing with somebody in your family or one of your neighbors and then a tragedy mm -hmm. strikes and they walk through the door and you're hugging and mm -hmm. things are kind of forgotten, at least for right. a time. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that there is that piece of it was a very the only difference between 9-11 and someone's personal loss is that we were all on our knees at the same time. Mm -hmm. We were all scared at the same time. We were all struck in the heart at the same time looking at those images on the television, regardless mm -hmm. of where you were in the country. Mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. And so it was kind of this universal sense that I had never had before mm -hmm. in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say, I guess, in my experience of why we didn't hold on to it, I think we get caught up. Mm -hmm. I think social media pulls us. Mm -hmm. I think um, you know we're a big, it's a big thing in our country about where you go to school and what you look like and what you're wearing and what you're doing. And that stuff is all really seductive. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. the ego loves that stuff. Yeah. And for me, unless you're doing some level of spiritual practice, mm -hmm. unless you're doing some level of self-awareness work. Mm -hmm quiet meditation, reading the self-help books, mm -hmm. prayer, whatever that is, mm -hmm. you're going to just stay on the surface. Yeah. And the surface is never going to satisfy us yeah. the way the depthful work does. I saw that before you got up to speak, you said a prayer. I did. You were up against the wall. Oh. And I saw, I was watching you. Yeah, you were. <laughs> you were Clearly. up against the wall and um, it, you took the time out. observative. <laughs> you took time out for a prayer. I is did. That, is that what that is for you? 
that reconnection? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That You're if interrupting me, Chris. That if <laughs> I'm, um, you know, I have been doing a lot of work today. I was kind of coming into an unknown situation. Mm. You know, I'm not a hairdresser. I'm, I'm not sure. a salon mm. owner. I was coming into a kind of a new situation. Mm. And so I have to be grounded. Mm. I have to mm. connect, you know, with a, with a higher power, with a, with a higher source. Mm. Sure. And then what happens when we do that in mm. any way that that looks like for you, yeah. you're in the flow. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I walk in, mm. I, I meet Sarah, we're going to, I feel like we're going to be friends for the rest <laughs> of our lives. Right. You know, it's like the, these connections. I meet you guys. Yeah. Do you see how clear people are yeah. today? Right. Because we're here for a higher purpose. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, I think true. one of the reasons that maybe the connection falls apart over time mm -hmm. is because we get really busy creating things outside of ourselves, yeah. 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 right? We're creating our jobs, our incomes, yeah. our families, yeah. our friends. We're creating stuff sure. out there for yeah. the enjoyment of others. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But the more important thing that we can create mm -hmm. and purposely design is ourselves. I'm really glad you just spoke up um, just because I was about to go to you for just a second. So one mm -hmm. of the, one of our, are pinnacle questions that we ask every hair personality when they sit on the podcast. John leads and says, you know, how'd you get into the industry? Mm -hmm. um, we got to hear Megan's story today. How, you know, how did she get into this work and it become a life vocation, if you will. Um, but Sarah, we haven't had the opportunity to hear yours yet. So self-awareness, emotional intelligence, conscious communication. How'd that happen for you? So interesting story. And what I believe uh, most firmly in life is that there is a divine plan laid out for your life, mm -hmm. right? And so you, you do what you do and you take the actions you take, but the truth is that there, there's this sort of higher plan that's at mm -hmm. play and you don't even know it all the time. Mm -hmm. So for me, I ended up moving to La Jolla, California uh, for a guy. Um, awesome place to move, yeah. awesome place to Which, fall into. Yeah. Not, not bad, yeah, right? Yeah. So there I was looking for a job and uh, there was a little director of sales and marketing position at the Chopra Center which um, is a wellness center in Carlsbad. They offer meditation, uh, yoga, mind-body medicine. They offer um, um, massage. And uh, this is Deepak Chopra's mm -hmm. I know exactly center. who it is when you said it, yeah. Right. So if you don't know him, uh, it's okay. He's only written, you know, 87 books. Yeah, right. Exactly. about 10 million followers, <laughs> yeah. but that's Can okay. Change the course yeah. of your entire right. life. That's yeah. okay. And I didn't actually know him, to be honest with you, when I first mm -hmm. applied for the job. Sure. I was motivated to work there because I could ride my bike to work. And who doesn't want to live in the village of La Jolla and, and ride, ride the bike, bike to work? So uh, surprisingly, I got the job. And uh, I just remember landing there and thinking, wow. Like what planet have I landed on? What language are they speaking? Mm -hmm. You know, everything was different because I came from the airlines. I had 15 years with American Airlines. Wow. So this was a, a night and day difference for me. But fairly quickly, I fell in love with mm -hmm. the teachings. I fell in love with meditation. I got mm -hmm. my own mantra. I started doing yoga. And it honestly felt like I was coming back home, mm -hmm. back to mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I had a beautiful 14-year career there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, each and every day I felt like I was exploring a new aspect of who I am mm -hmm. at a deeper level, at a soulful level, mm -hmm. and while at the same time doing my job. Mm -hmm. So I ended up as the chief operating officer there for seven years wow. and um, ran the place and, mm -hmm. and uh, had a, a fantastic run at it. Mm -hmm. That's wow. great. That's amazing. When we kind of think about what we've been listening to all day today, which is, you know, a lot of personal development stuff, um, recognizing the human condition, I believe is the word we've been using. 
when we're talking to a lot of the folks that listen to our podcast, we've got a lot of students that listen, but we also have a lot of salon owners who are trying to figure out the new landscape of how about business is done. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about emotional intelligence. That's really important for us right now. Empathy is always a, a big buzzword. Uh, what I'd like you to do is talk a little bit about I'm the owner of a small company. I've got 10, 12, 14, maybe 20 employees if I'm lucky. And I'm trying to navigate the new landscape that exists at the moment. How do I help lead that mm. change? Because I know leadership mm-hmm. is something that you spend a lot of time on. Yep. So we always like to set this up as a, as a learning podcast. We like mm-hmm. people to kind of take something away from it every time they listen. You know, so help me as a leader of a group of people understand my role in this and how I can... Can I, can I interject yeah, a question it. into your question? Yeah. What is leadership? Mm-hmm. It's such a word that we Perfect. use yeah. and then roll into that. Yeah, you got it. So that's a big, broad question. Mm-hmm. What is leadership? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think above all, it is uh, helping others to step into who they were meant to be. Mm-hmm. So it's not a, leadership is not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about everybody surrounding you. Mm-hmm. And good leaders amplify and elevate all the people around them. Mm-hmm. And then their job becomes infinitely easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as how can sort of senior leaders help the, the new people coming in, the junior leaders. The landscape has changed absolutely over the past few years. You know, traditionally it's always been the new people coming in, mm-hmm. looking upward mm-hmm. to the people that have been there for a long time, taking mm-hmm. lessons from them, learning from them, mm-hmm. and growing into their role. But the truth is in today's environment it's so different because young people are coming on board businesses with a skill set that maybe some of the more senior people don't have. Mm-hmm. Young people are coming on with with um, killer technical skills. Yeah. So amazing, right? Mm-hmm. So powerful. They know actually how to build a business mm-hmm. like no other using social media, using technology, right? right. Mm-hmm. The, the more senior people have years of experience. They have, they have the ability to connect artfully. They know great communication skills. Mm-hmm. So now instead of it being like a ladder, mm-hmm. it's actually more like concentric circles. Mm-hmm where sometimes the senior leader steps into sure. the new people's circle mm-hmm. and as a student mm-hmm. and learns from them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the new people step into the senior leader's mm-hmm. uh, role and learn about um, leadership and business mm-hmm. and, and techniques and things like that. So really, it's very symbiotic now. Sure. And good leaders will recognize that and not try to force through the old model. And you know, I want to touch base on that a little bit because I think that that's probably a challenge that our industry has as a whole and I'll be real specific. I think a lot of salon owners, leaders at this point find that, <clears throat> I'm gonna actually change my, my thought process for a minute there. For a long time, hairdressers would find a salon they would work at, maybe work there for 10, 15 years, maybe pick another location somewhere during that career development. You work at one, maybe two salons in your lifetime and that's about it, mm-hmm. right? I think the challenge is now is that many salon owners find it hard to keep people for longer periods of time, Mm -hmm. meaning three, four, five years, and that's about it, you know, and folks will either find other options or other opportunities. And I think that's where the struggle for lots of salon owners Mm -hmm. is. I don't know how to stop that cycle from happening. And then I think the tidbit you just gave us is perfect maybe because when we're real comfortable when the junior is in our circle right but we're real uncomfortable on the other side because i would say 10 years ago that what that didn't happen right right. so now we're at this different place 
and I don't know how to handle this. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to work it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to throw things out there that maybe don't make sense. Maybe I feel threatened by it. Mm -hmm. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. And I now can't lead the way I want to. Uh, you know, you've, we've all heard this before. People don't leave companies, they leave leaders, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And yet, I think a lot of leaders are struggling with this new dynamic, mm -hmm. this new expectation from the people that work with us now. Yeah. And we don't, and we can't lead through it. I think if we all say mm -hmm. that we are lifelong learners mm -hmm. and avid students of self, mm -hmm. right? That we, if we put ourselves in that space all the time, mm -hmm. I'm a senior leader, I'm the head of the organization, but above all, I'm a learner. Mm -hmm. Above all, from every single person in this organization, I have something to learn. Mm -hmm. And when the senior piece person in the organization is unafraid, mm -hmm. takes the risk, mm -hmm. has the guts right. to show up in that way that can be a little vulnerable, mm -hmm you would be surprised. Mm -hmm. the, the reaction isn't to take advantage of the leader. Right. The reaction is to connect, mm -hmm. which is all anybody really wants is this sort of deeper connection. Mm -hmm. And it's the connection that will keep people in the salon that they're out, right? that they're at, right? Mm -hmm. It's not always the pay. It's mm -hmm. not always um, the vibe. It's mm -hmm. the connection that they have. Right. So ultimately, the leader's job is to create a deep, connection mm -hmm. with everyone that that works for yeah. them mm -hmm. what happens when it comes to scale though what happens when you've got 50 people 60 people i mean in, in our company we we work really hard at this we've got 150 mm -hmm. you know stylists another 20 30 admin folks so we're, we're pushing 200 employees mm -hmm. and i see the owner of our company do it every day right building those relationships but for those who maybe haven't had the opportunity to spend 25 years yeah. getting there mm -hmm. yeah. how does that happen i think that part of what sarah and i have been talking about mm -hmm. so much of this of today is the focus on deeper purpose mm -hmm. that if you if your mission mm -hmm. as a salon owner mm -hmm. is truly to help people feel their best mm -hmm. To, to connect with people, mm -hmm. to help people have outside appearances that match the sure. glorious of their internal experience. Right. Mm -hmm. um, if you really believe in that and believe that you are a service place that helps people to feel more comfortable on the planet, mm -hmm. then you can take yourself out of it easier. Mm -hmm. And you can trust your instinct when you're hiring people that this person has a good vibe, they mm -hmm. seem to fit with me. And, you know, I run a nonprofit, I'm the founder of a nonprofit, and my ego gets in the way all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm like a pretty Grounded. spiritual gal, you know? <laughs> right. And uh, I have to catch myself on my ego because if something's not done in the way that I think it should be done, right. it rattles me. Mm -hmm. And then I have to say, is this coming from a place of higher purpose mm -hmm. and higher mission, or am I just in my ego? And sometimes on the more senior staff level, we see fear. Yeah. Right. Yes. And you'd think it was the other way around. Well, the fear is driven out of the conditioned behavior, mm -hmm. right? And the longer yeah. you're doing mm -hmm. what you're doing, the mm -hmm. more conditioned your mm -hmm. mindset becomes. Right. Those who are new are on this fresh journey. Mm -hmm. So yeah. in, in their mind, like, oh, I have nothing to lose. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just getting kicked off. Mm -hmm. on, on the other hand, the leader is like, wow, I've been here forever and ever. I can't mm -hmm. fail. Mm -hmm. I can't let imperfections happen. Right. I can't. So, uh, yeah, if I do that because I'm looked up to mm -hmm. and the bigger the team, right? So there's 150 eyes on me already. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now the minute it looks like I'm not perfect, yeah. I'm in deep shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. I'm now 
what are they going to think of me? Which is only a fear, right? Totally. Because the truth is they're going to look at you and say, thank goodness, mm -hmm. because that might happen to me someday mm -hmm. too. And it's going to be okay. Right. It's actually instills more confidence yeah. in your team. Yes, although you're fearful that it's going to be the thing that takes you down. That's, yeah. that's totally the struggle. Megan, how does this show up with people's self idea of worth? Mm. And, and this is, I'm going to try to make this story as short as possible, but it's, I think it's important. So our pricing, we have a, a level system. So our pricing goes anywhere from $30 to 85, right? And along the way, our senior staff, right? We want to see them at those higher price tiers because they're on their feet 40 hours a week, if not more. Their feet are killing them. They got kids to put them through school. They got mortgages to pay. And to be totally honest, they've earned it. Mm -hmm. And they're worth it, right? the kids coming out of school and I use kids affectionately well can I charge $80 for a haircut yeah well no you haven't you haven't earned it yet you know you haven't worked for it yet you haven't built that rapport with your guests yet they're all excited about charging $85 and the staff that you know some of our staff that have been not all of them right I don't want to paint the world with too wide of a brush but there are many staff members who have been with us 20 years and it's like I can't raise my prices and I was having this conversation with one of our stylists the other day, and she said, well, my haircuts are already $70. And it wasn't $70. It was $70. I, why would anybody pay $70 to have me cut their hair? Yeah. And for a minute there, I was sad. Yeah. You know? It is sad. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things. I think one is... Um, this always goes back to the looking inward stuff for mm -hmm. me yeah. of where is that from? And this is, I'm a therapist, so this is the way right. I view mm -hmm. the world, but you know, what's, what's, what's in her storyline mm -hmm. that somebody else deserves something more than she does. Mm -hmm. You know, where, where was that in her childhood? What was the, what was the programming for that? Which is why it's always so exciting to get into businesses and start looking at the personal stuff, mm -hmm. which people want to leave behind mm -hmm. when they take mm -hmm. a job, don't get mm -hmm. too personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous mm -hmm. because everything mm -hmm. about how we react to people, how we respond to people, mm -hmm. um, how we do our job mm -hmm. is dependent on how we're feeling about ourselves mm -hmm. as a person. Right. Um, I think that there are certain, you know, teachers certainly fall into this category mm -hmm. that they're doing like the most important job on the planet and getting right. paid and the getting least paid. on the planet. Right. The yeah. least. Mm -hmm. So I think that some of it, um, is cultural. Mm -hmm. And the thing that helped me the most with this, because I'm a social worker and mm -hmm. social workers fall, fall into that mm -hmm. circle too, mm -hmm. um, of, you know, for me, I'm doing my passion. Mm -hmm. What I do makes somebody else feel better. That's payment enough. Sure. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the way that it lands on me. Mm -hmm. I'm doing my passion. I'm blessed to be here and to be doing my passion until someone reminded me that I have three kids to put through college mm -hmm. that's right. until I thought to myself, you know, my husband has a job that he's not in love with. Mm -hmm. You know, he does it, but he's not in love right. with it. Um, and so by me bringing in more money supports him. Mm -hmm. Like, he's awesome to me. He gives me a great life. And so that's one of the ways that I can support our marriage sure. is by pitching in. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody said to me, wouldn't it be great to take more vacations with your kids? And I was like, that would be great. That sounds fantastic. Mm -hmm. And in order to have those other things, mm -hmm. you have to elevate yourself to know that what I'm doing makes a difference in somebody's life. Mm -hmm. And the whole point, let me, let me tell you this quick story yeah, because please. it's really poignant and really beautiful. Um, 
after 9-11, my, you know, my, my brother-in-law worked on Wall Street. They were doing well. And one of the things after 9-11 was that people were giving my, my sister money. Mm-hmm. And she was really uncomfortable with it because yeah. it's people in our community dropping off you know, money at the house and sending her checks. And she said to my father, who was a brilliant, really depthful guy, mm-hmm. she said, my God, Dad, this is so awkward to be receiving money. And do I need money? And should I be afraid of this? And... My father just took a really deep breath and he said, you know, Marianne, money is just an exchange of love. Mm -hmm. It's just an energy. Mm -hmm. It's just a thank you. Mm -hmm. And it's a way that we can, if someone doesn't know you well enough to drive Colin to soccer, they can write you a check. Mm -hmm. And so don't think of the checks as charity. Mm -hmm. Think of it as that's the way the Rossies could reach out to you Mm -hmm. was in that financial form. Mm -hmm. And so for me, you know, Jessica, again, Jessica Walker of Jay Walker, mm-hmm. I go in sometimes and she doesn't charge me because mm-hmm. we're friends. And sure. she says, oh, you're a gift in my life. And you do. And I say, but you're a gift in my life because I would be a nightmare if I didn't have you brushing my bangs out. Right. You know, so for me to pay Jessica to mm-hmm. blow my hair out, mm-hmm. I feel so much more be- so much better, especially mm-hmm. when I'm getting up to talk at something. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fusser with my looks. So right. if I can get my hair blown out on a Friday and I don't have to brush my hair until Tuesday, that's We're awesome good. for me. Yeah. It's worth the 70 mm-hmm. bucks. Yeah. You know, so I think that if, if, um, if the hairstylist can start thinking of it as more as look at how much better somebody feels mm-hmm. when they leave here mm-hmm. and money is just an exchange of energy. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it was funny because um, you had told the story regarding your father passing mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to jump ahead a little sure. um, you told about the experience of holding his hand when he had passed and, yeah. and, and the hand was cold right mm-hmm. uh, and the hand was hard or stiff right and that really touched me because I had the same experience with my mom is that you know, right the same exact experience mm-hmm. right being there holding her hand you know she passed hand got cold mm-hmm. hand got hard right but to your point about the exchange of money we had this conversation because I knew what was going to happen after she passed. What was going to happen was all the neighbors were going to come. And they're all going to bring lasagna. And they're all going to bring green bean casserole. Yes. And they're all going to say the same thing, which is, John, if there's anything you and your brothers and sisters need, you just call us. We'll be there. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to call you, and you're not going to answer the phone. Right? But I said you know, to my mom, do we have to have the wake? Do we have to do the thing afterwards where everybody comes with food? Because I'd rather skip it. And she said, no. And I said, why? She goes, it's not for you. And I said, what? (laughs) Because I'm I'm thinking about myself and the fact you're about to die, Mom. And she's So it's pretty much all about me, Mom. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you can't think any other way. You're in that pain. Yeah. Right? You have that pain of knowing what's coming next. And she said, it's not about you. And I said, what are you you talking about? She's like, you're doing it for them. It was Mm -hmm. the exchange, right? Here are your neighbors. Here are your family. Here are your friends who need to be able to reach out and show their love and you need to let them. And your mother also seems like she was a wise enough woman to know that there was going to be a feeling of community and connection Mm -hmm. um, in that acute phase after she died Mm -hmm. that was going to fade. Mm -hmm. And so take advantage of it Mm -hmm. when you're in it. When you told the story of your father passing and, you know, the touching of the hand, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I relate to that story in my head and the, my mother passing and the touching of their hand. And then you told the story about being involved in co- the Katrina recovery yeah. and meeting a young woman there. Isn't that unbelievable? What an amazing story. What really hit me was not only was it powerful that we all shared 
I like experience, yes. right? Of holding the hand of a loved one and knowing what that feels like. And you said something about you're getting that healing from where the pain originates, yes. you know, from your core, from when your you gut. When you connect from that place of pain mm-hmm. with another person, there is a healing that happens for mm-hmm. both. Mm-hmm. And while all of that was powerful, it really reminds me, and I think this is a great gift of this weekend, when we talk about the human condition, man, if I had that experience and you had that experience and that woman and, you know, and Louisiana had that experience, how many other people, I know your mom passed. Yeah. I I sat there with her as well. And how um, many of us have the same kind of emotional baggage, trauma, whatever it may be. Every single one of us. And we don't recognize it. It takes events like this for you to realize we're a whole lot more alike than we think. You say something, Every now and again, yeah. when we're in that situation mm-hmm. where John will say, like, I, th- I think everybody is is a shoulder touch away from a good cry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, somebody yeah. comes up and, and puts their hand on your shoulder um, Just right. in, the, in the right way. And, yeah. and you know, you release it out. And uh, when you get close enough to people and you know people well enough, we've all some of us have been in an experience where we just said the right thing and they were just they were just able to release um, guys. I cannot believe how fast this time we're spending is going by. And so at the risk of, um, I, I, Sarah, because we haven't had the opportunity to see what you're going to do yet. Is there any chance at all you'd give us a sneak peek, uh, of maybe a little bit of what's to come tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. So the theme of my talk is the stories we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so it's very much aligned to what we've just had a conversation about And I'm going to go through um, my personal and professional story and how uh, so many of these stories that we tell ourselves are rooted in experiences that we had as children. Mm-hmm. And we interpreted those experiences mm-hmm. and then we locked them in solid, mm-hmm. considering that those were truth. Mm-hmm. And then we started orienting our life around these stories. Mm-hmm. And um, the ones that aren't true actually sabotage us mm-hmm. and yeah. stop us from getting what we want and I heard something recently that said like 50% of our memories aren't actually accurate. I would say that would be a truth. (laughs) I would say that would be a truth. So we're going to talk about two stories. One is the story of um, avoidance of conflict, um, confrontation, speaking your mind and what that does for you. Mm -hmm. And then the second story is one of... um, what I would call the golden child syndrome, mm-hmm. where everything has to be perfect and everything has to be just right. And mm-hmm. if it's not, you want to run. Mm-hmm. And so those are the two stories that I'm going to bring to life. And I'm going to talk about the catalyst that and the process mm-hmm. that got me to the other side of those stories mm-hmm. um, and what it has meant for me in my life. And awesome. so what are a couple of um, anecdotal pieces that you'll, you know, uh, for those who aren't going to be able to sit with us tomorrow, you know, what, what are some of the the, of the changes that you had to make or the processes that you had to introduce. The to make first that little work nugget was um, when you start to think about what you think about, yeah. that's when you can start thinking differently. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing is that we have to go inside. Mm-hmm. We have to become listeners. Mm-hmm. We have to eavesdrop on our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot going on up here mm-hmm. that we ignore, right? And it's, it, we ruminate on it, actually. It just keeps on going and going and going. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first step in beginning to transition to a new story. Like, what is my story? Mm-hmm. You know. And then if I were to create a new story that would deliver magnificence in my life, mm-hmm. what would it be? Mm-hmm. Even if I don't yet believe it, even mm-hmm. if it seems far-fetched, even if I don't know how to bring it to life, right. what would it be? Mm-hmm. 
And then, you know, rounding that out, the a big nugget for me is mm -hmm. that, and we've said this probably three or four times today, mm -hmm. we're all the same, mm -hmm. we're all the same, mm -hmm. we're all the same. Mm -hmm. You know, we have these masks sure. that it appears that we're quite different, mm -hmm. right? It appears that you're more beautiful than me, you're taller than me, you're smarter than me, you make more money than me, right? And I can ruminate on that story till the cows come home. But the truth is, in all the ways that matter, mm -hmm. we're exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. How can, because I know we're going to have to wind down our podcast yeah, a bit here, how can people get a hold of you? Website, yep. email, uh, Instagram, what you got? Yep, so Instagram is Intelligence Coaching. Mm -hmm. Intelligence Coaching. Yep. So not inter, but Intelligence Coaching. And then um, my website is the same, mm -hmm. intelligencecoaching.com. Um, I'm out in San Diego, California, mm -hmm. doing one-to-one uh, -one coaching and team trainings, mm -hmm. also steeped in Gallup Strengths, which mm -hmm. is another coaching methodology. So we work on um, meditation, mindfulness, we mm -hmm. work on mind-body health, mm -hmm. and um, Gallup Strengths as well. So um, I just want to invite anyone to awesome. connect onto my website, yeah. Instagram, uh, would love to uh, start a dialogue. Wonderful. Great. Megan? Megan? Best way to get in touch with me is through my uh, my nonprofit foundation's mm -hmm. website, which mm -hmm. is njheartworks.org, and then there's a link to my website. And uh, we're located in Basking Ridge, New Jersey, mm -hmm. and that would be great. I'd love to hear from and people. And you have an Instagram page as well. Uh, I, I do. Do you know what it is? It's at Heartworks. Yes. Excellent. So our Instagram <laughs> is at Heartworks. Oh, my board is going to laugh their butts and, off when they hear and that. And we'll I didn't have know the links Instagram. to all of these in the, in the podcast descriptor. Awesome. Um, yeah. I, what what a, a delightful and insightful mm -hmm. and fast conversation, John. What do you? Uh, so, in the spirit of as we wind down, we like to leave the audience with any thoughts that you feel like we may be leaving on the table or something. Uh, that you just took away from this conversation? You know, for me, this is actually a real struggle because um, I want to sit with the two of you for another couple of hours. Amen. Right? <laughs> um, the other speakers that we heard today were amazing. Spectacular. There's so much richness here. Yeah. And not only is there richness for us intellectually, but the emotional change of the people in the room that yeah. I've watched, you know, in this last day. And both of you have been, you know, integral parts of that. You got to speak today, Megan, but you can feel your energy in the room, mm -hmm. you know, and I know Chris and you had been talking mm -hmm. earlier. I, I just love watching the change. Me too. I know it sounds silly, but when I saw you lean up against the wall and say a little prayer to yourself, I was like, this is going to be different, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I want to thank you both. It's been, yeah. a, it's been amazing already. Awesome. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. So uh, in the spirit of kind of final thoughts, anything, uh, who wants to start and anything you just feel like we left on the table or some final thoughts for the listener? Uh, I think I would just like to do a traditional um, spiritual goodbye. Mm -hmm. And that is that I honor the divine light in you that is the same divine light in me. Mm -hmm. And we are one. Namaste. Thank Namaste. You. Amen. And I would add to it that whatever people are running from in their own lives, mm -hmm is the exact place that they need to heal mm -hmm. in order to create the level of connection that they're desiring. That's awesome. Mm, that's spectacular. Well, we know you enjoyed this episode um, mm -hmm. of Shop Talk, and uh, this is probably one you're going to want to go back and listen to a few times uh, in the in the light of our normalcy. John, what are some things maybe they want to... Well, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you what you got, because um, you know what? We I don't know do a lot that of, often. Yep. We don't do that very often, and I yep. know a lot of this hit yep. home for you, so... Yeah, that's a big, you know, 
<laughs> Chris, you're speechless. How does that happen? Um, I think we, I, th- uh, because I'm a man. <laughs> ah, you just threw that down. I think I pract- uh. I practice compartmented compartmentalization um, as a, as a prideful practice. Mm -hmm. You know, I do that because uh, I think I was probably conditioned that way as a, Mm -hmm. you know, as a human being. One of the things that has pressed on me in the, you know, past 20 years as I got introduced to similar work that you got introduced to, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm a very regular yoga practitioner as well. Um, And the healing piece, you know, I'm, I'm in recovery from alcoholism. So that's a, you know, that's a thing for me. And that, and that would be my trauma, if you will. Um, and I've, I do a really good job not allowing those to mix. You know, I like to, I prefer to practice workaholism, you know, as my, as my, uh, healing savior. And so, you know, so with that said, I I just think it's really beautiful that in the past five or so years, these types of conversations are more able, we're yes. more able to have in professional situations. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think one of the things that you reminded me of today in, in talking was like, it's actually okay to be human. And one of the things that marries people together the most, it's not, it's not the successes mm, that correct. in all honesty, I can't stand to listen to it, an educator that gives me their accolades, if you will. I'm, I'm so not interested in that because I know they were pantsless, you know, 14 minutes ago in the hotel room, you know, uh, trying to get their stomach to calm down before they had to go on because I've spoken also, you know what I mean? And, Mm -hmm. And so the reality is that we can talk about our commonalities through struggles and I like what you said. We were all on our knees at the same time. Mm-hmm. The playing field was leveled. And so just the fact that we could have this discussion, I think, is amazing. W- with the younger people that we deal with and the veterans that we deal with, sometimes I see people you know, that I identify as holding on to so much that they just need mm-hmm. to fucking let go yeah. of. Mm-hmm. You know, And so um, that's what I'm walking away with from today. Like, it's okay to just not be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make me any less of a human being because there sure. is no perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you both. Thank, thank you. you everybody for listening today. You know what comes next and what comes next is, um, first of all, our gratitude for all of you who are, all of you who have shared this podcast on your Instagram stories. Thank you. Um, please continue. We'll share yours too. Um, for all of those who have written us the glorious five-star reviews that you have, thank you very much. It means so much to us. We really yeah. appreciate it. And we never want to forget our um, brethren north of the border because wikid means five, five stars, stars in, French. in French. So continue <laughs> to write those five-star reviews, and, and thank you very much. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Thank you.